In the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, So the Pew Bible, page 1023, if you want to follow along, but it'll be fairly different than what you'll see on the screen or I'll read to you. And uh, notice the fellow in the picture. Um, Just to remind us about uh, John's interest or focus on our remaining in the Word and uh, how that relates to faith. Um, You know, a drowning person needn't drown. The most important thing is if the drowning person would just quit everything that he or she is doing and take a deep breath and notice between the air in their lungs and the composition of the water, it would hold them up all on its own. That's not an accident. This is God's creation indicating to us very clearly our relationship with him. Just stop and let him hold you up. So, into the text for today that will hold us up. I'll read it rather slowly because um, of of the nature of the translation. Uh, 1 John 5, 13. These things I wrote to you in order that you may know that you have infinite positive relationship written to those who are honest about their dependence upon the word and will of the Son of God. And this is the confidence which we have towards him, that any time we ask something according to his will, he hears us. And any time we know that he hears us, whatever it is we ask, we know that we have the things asked for, which we have asked from him. Any time someone sees his brother contradicting design, in a contradiction not towards the absence of positive relationship, let him ask, and he will give to him life, to the one not contradicting design towards the absence of positive relationship. There is a contradiction to design leading to absence of positive relationship. I'm not saying that you should ask about that. All injustice is contradiction to design, yet there is contradiction to design not leading to absence of positive relationship. We know that everyone having been and remaining generated from God does not contradict design, but the one generated of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and that the whole world lies in the evil one. But we know that the Son of God came, and he has given, and it remains given to us, understanding, in order that we might know the truth, and we are in the true one, in his Son. Salvation is of the Lord, the Anointed One. This one is the true God and infinite positive relationship. Children, keep yourselves from idols. So, uh, a few major sections or foci that uh, John works through this morning in this text. First, life, then prayer, then sin, then purity. And if you notice, it's a kind of an untouchable, invulnerable, durable purity having to do with abiding and having to do with his love for us. So, first of all, life. Uh, We've talked about knowing having to do with connectedness. So knowing means to remain in um, his, his uh, word and being honest about our dependence upon his word and will. Now that's, that's sort of unpacking what the phrase believe in the name of means. But what's happened um, is sort of people, I think, have forgotten 
the shorthand in biblical language. So, for example, believe means faith, means trust. It's just the same, all the same word in Greek. But as you ask people what does it mean, they tend to define it by one of those same words. And as you keep pressing, you sort of don't know. Or, or if we do hazard an explanation, it tends to be something of our doing, not of our refraining from doing. So that's where you kind of get this notion of it's not what you do, it's a condition that you relax into, if you will, being honest about your dependence. And, of course, the name of God is not a Harry Potter, abracadabra, uh, called the genie from the lamp kind of name. It means his word, which communicates to us both his spirit, his power, and his will. So imagine if you rest, if you relax back into his word and will, then isn't it inevitable, even inescapable, that you will have his life in you, just like a person who floats in the water? Next, pray. The Bible says lots of things about prayer. People have lots of thought about prayer. But most of the time, in my experience, people have displaced their relationship with the word for their notion of praying. So I pray. People praying all the time. Not many people in the word, not much of the time. So what should we think about praying? Well, first of all, just let it out already, so to speak. In other words, don't agonize over what you'd say in your prayer. Uh, The Bible's very diligent about taking that off the plate. Just let it out. The Holy Spirit will fix it up for you. He intercedes for us. And, of course, beware of turning gospel into law. When God invites us to pray, he doesn't mean that we should go into some kind of agony over, well, just exactly what are we supposed to do? And did we say it right? And do you have to have your whole thing like this or this or all that stuff? Keep the gospel gospel. Second part, in Jesus' name, means according to his word and will, which produces both the motivation and the articulation of our prayers. Now, maybe you were like this too. I remember as a kid learning to pray in Jesus' name, and that was what makes it all happen. And I remember approaching one Christmas and wanting a motorcycle in the worst way, very diligently every day, Please give me a motorcycle for Christmas in Jesus' name. (laughs) Christmas comes, no motorcycle. Then I learned later on that every day or twice a day, my mother would say, there's no way that kid's getting a motorcycle, Jesus' name or not. (laughs) Okay, fine. So... But notice a life in the word motivates us to pray, to, to, be, to, to respond with what we've learned, with what God has told us in thanks, in confession, in, in intercession for others. And, and it gives us the words, the very words to say. The Psalms are full of prayers. Jesus taught us the short version. He also taught us the long in John chapter 17. That is the Lord praying. And then finally, to remember that, that really prayer, I think, is about what we, what we can't do something about because, we're, because we don't know how or because we're not in that location. So in other words, a life in the Word works what I can do. In other words, if I want to be more effective, more faithful, more, more diligent as a Christian, then I, then I spend my time in the Word. That, that suits me out. And inspires me to serve others. But it's when I can't do something about 
all the people I know, all the people I love and care about because they're far away, because of things I have no control over, that's where prayer really comes into its own because, because that's at least the best I can do for them. And remember that they are in God's hands. Sin, don't do it. Um, now, this is, gets a little particular here about the sin not leading to death, the sin leading to death, and then John cautions you, well, all sin is bad, but there is a sin leading to death. It's really parallel to what Jesus said about the um, uh, sin against the Holy Spirit. It's impossible, can't be forgiven. Hebrews 6 and 10 use the same language, but it's important not to, not to misunderstand. So first of all, we intercede for and advocate on behalf of right, a fellow sinner or an enemy sinner. That's a good approach to things because it's hard not to love someone that you're advocating for, that you're interceding for, that you're praying for. That's just good medicine. That's a good dynamic at work there. The second part has to do with penitence or impenitence. So, for example, when you have a vaccine or when you have a cure for an ailment, then you might get the ailment, but we can apply the cure. No problem there. So who's the person that can't be cured of the ailment that has a cure? Well, that would only be the person that refuses the cure. So the, the sin against the Holy Spirit is unforgivable only because it's refusing the very means by which forgiveness is confirmed and established and, and uh, fostered. Okay. So like Jeremiah, whom God said, I don't want you to talk to me about Israel because he'd sort of had it up to here with them. So John cautions us, I don't want you to pray about that, but sort of like go through the open door. I want you to focus on those people who are penitent and who will respond very positively to the word you communicate with them. And then purity. Notice again, the one generated of God, our soul, regenerate soul, keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. So two things to know about this. One, um, this is a, such an important text because it reminds us of where our identity in our life is. Um, a remedy for all the sorts of things that we have experienced ourselves in the flesh that kind of come along with us and make trouble for us. Uh, I want to tell you a particular example. One Sunday afternoon I get a call when I was in the parish uh, very upset. Mom and Dad want to meet. Fine. So I meet with them. And they're telling me that just that afternoon their 12-year-old daughter finally told them that her uncle, the wife's, the, the mother's brother, has been sexually abusing her her whole life. He was single. He was available. He was the go-to guy. Loved the children. So they always called him to babysit. So if you can imagine for this little girl for 12 years, to hear that her parents are going out, that her uncle's going to come babysit. I, I can't even imagine what that must have uh, done to her on the inside. But here's a text that speaks to that. And so I went through this text with the parents and then with a the little girl. That there is a difference between the essence of who you are, which no one can touch, which is sinless and innocent because Christ has made it that way and keeps it that way. Untouchable. That's different. That's the essence of who you are from the extension, your human nature, your body, your flesh, which is touched by others, which 
is damaged and hurt and abused. And all of us have that experience in one way or another. And I suppose in one way or another, all of us impose that on someone else, even if it's just uh, words we shouldn't say. But to notice the difference that that began to make in this little girl's mind, that she could, not by some kind of psychological gymnastics, but in reality and in truth, separate her essence from, from her body and begin to move forward, not feeling guilt, not feeling shame, not even feeling so much abused anymore, but moving forward in, in the grace of God that provided her a life that no one could touch or undo or abuse or undermine. And it's been a while since I've had contact with her, but I did have contact when she was in her mid-20s, married, having children of her own, doing beautifully. and such a joy to see that happen. So finally, uh, the rest of the language there um, about knowing God and being in this relationship with him. The Son of God came, and he has given, and it remains given to us, understanding according to the new man, according to this regenerate soul, the mind of Christ that God gives us and then lights up, turns on by the presence of his word and spirit that we might know the truth, remain connected to it. And we are in the true one as we remain in his word. This one is the true God and infinite positive relationship. I want to focus on that again. The, the potential for positive relationships with the people around us, in the world around us, in every situation, especially in those situations that we would normally want to avoid or dread or go, oh my gosh, I can't believe this again. No, no, those are the opportunities there. Sort of like Orville and Wilbur, whose mother told them, you know, if you lean into the wind, you'll go better. As you think about Jesus in his ministry, always leaning into the opposition, leaning all the way in finally to his own crucifixion and then his resurrection. That's who we follow in our life. Finally, children, nice way to wrap up any, any book of the Bible, any letter, any thought for the day. Children, keep yourself from idols. Best way to do that is learn Greek. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for having redeemed us by the life of your Son. Thank you for regenerating us in his image and for giving us a new heart and mind that knows you and lives to do your will. Thank you for having given us a life that is certain and invulnerable and that increases ever or even as we give it away in the care of others. Bless us to care for others, to do what your word and will equips us to do and to pray for those who give care or need care where we cannot be, according to the word and will of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.